Hello, welcome. In this episode, Becca and I will be discussing the concept of firing a client. While it may seem funny that we have the power to fire our clients, the truth is that if clients aren't honoring the boundaries, policies, and procedures we have set up in our practice, we have every right to put them on the chopping block. And while it might seem scary at first, the idea of conflict, loss of income, sometimes moving forward in this manner is the best approach. The first time I was tasked with the challenge of letting go of a client, it took me way too long to complete the job. I was scared, unsure, and uncomfortable with the idea of having to communicate in such a direct and unpleasant manner. But lamenting did not make my problem go away as much as I hoped that it would. (laughs) Action was the only thing that was going to solve this dilemma. Ah, Allie, I am such a good lamenter. I'm I'm like probably the best (laughs) lamenter ever. I I've actually never fired a client. I have lamented plenty. I have ignored plenty in hopes that they might move on, especially if they haven't gotten the hint when I'm trying to help them transition to a new therapist or all these other coping mechanisms that, you know, lamenters usually employ. (laughs) I, I totally get it. It's so hard to be upfront with people, especially when we have unpleasant things to discuss or implement. And I'm not going to lie, I have definitely used this approach more than once. And sometimes it works beautifully. But my feeling is that there's just a better way, one that empowers us a bit more. Hey, Becca, you want to start a podcast? Align with the Massage Business Mama is the product of two massage school besties deciding to take a leap and try something new. It's morphed, it's shifted, it's grown. But at the core, it's Allie, a massage business coach, and her occasional sidekick, Becca, two therapists committed to elevating the field. So before we dive too deeply into how to fire a client... I first want to discuss what might lead up to a firing and ways to prevent having to flex these muscles in the first place. Sometimes in client-therapist relationships, offenses start to slip in almost undetected, but they can lead to bigger problems down the road. A client may show up late one day or start to undress while you're still in the room another, and while These things might seem like little things in the beginning. If you don't nip it in the bud, they could create a lot of headache in the future. So my feeling is when these bad behaviors start to creep in, that is the time to speak up. Is it nip it in the butt or nip it in the bud, Allie? I've been confused on this for quite some time. Um, maybe we should look it up. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean... I think nip it in the, I think both sound good. I don't know. But to, more, more to your point, I, I really couldn't agree more with you about. It's nip it, it's nip it in the bud, Becca. Nip it in the bud. Okay. Okay. Not nip it, it in says, the bud. It says, yeah, it says it was a horticultural <sighs> metaphor. I've been saying it wrong for a long That's time. That's what people just told me. Damn it. Yeah. 
All right, nip it in the bud. That's thank God that's uh-huh. clarified. Um, but I couldn't yeah. agree with you more. Uh, coming clean right when something um crosses a boundary is probably the best way to go. And I enjoyed so much your interview uh, with Joyce from Respect Massage. I love, love, loved it. Uh, And one of the things... She's amazing. She's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. One of the things that she said that really strikes me now about setting is, uh, is about setting up a professional relationship. And I think right off the bat, being overly professional is almost the best way to go. It sets the tone. Um, this isn't some weird loosey-goosey friendship or acquaintance thing, you know, where it, it gets murky, dual relationship or whatever. Uh, our clients are seeking a specialist, and that, and that person, that specialist is us. Like, I would never right. go to my doctor and maybe make a stink about having to wear a mask, which we'll go into that later, but I think that's kind of one of the boundaries that, you know, people are kind of starting to push against pushing these days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, I would never complain to my doctor about having to wear a mask in her office or I would never start like going to my lady doctor. I would never start undressing while the doc's in the room. Like, well, she's seen it a billion times. It's like, no, that just kind of, it's, it's rude. It's disrespectful. Or even another example, like I would never go out to coffee with my therapist. You and I were just talking about how much we love therapy and how much we, you know, have relied on it in the past. We use it now. I mean, it would be, it would be inappropriate. So I guess my point is like the more professional we hold ourselves, there's no, there's no room for any like gray area. Uh, by proxy, the profession is elevated and there's no real room for our clients to develop like these nightmarish behaviors. So like, like you and Joyce pointed out, you can always relax the dyma- dynamic a little once you and your client have developed a rapport, but it is pretty much impossible, as you pointed out, to work that in the reverse, I think. You know, it's so funny because this reminds me, I had a teacher in high school, Mr. Stout, and he was so My favorite strict beer. <laughs> in the beginning. Yes, yes, a good beer. He was so strict in the beginning, and I thought he was such an asshole. Yeah. And by the end of the semester, he was my favorite teacher, and this was totally how he approached things. He was like, I'm strict, I'm by the rules from the beginning, but then I can loosen my guard, and he was like such a cool dude in the end, but you know, at yeah. the beginning, he was like, I'm not going to put up with it. Yep, it puts your class clowns on edge, so they're like yep. straight lace, and everyone else is like, God, what a jerk. But damn, what a great job. And then he knows, you know, he can kind of evaluate the relationship and adjust accordingly. Yep, yep. Lay down the law early for what you will and what you won't accept in your massage practice. It can be hard, but sometimes people are really clueless about how their actions affect others. So true. And by making it clear what your boundaries are from the very first violation, you just reduce your chances of having to fire them in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would add, it also gives the client the opportunity to move on on their own if they don't like the rules, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And think about how much easier it is to say to a client, I'm going to have to cut this session short since you were 10 minutes late for your appointment than saying, I know you've been 10 minutes late to your last 10 appointments, but I can't keep doing this. I won't be able to give you your full time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Becca, are you good at this type of mitigation? I know for myself, this is a skill that I've really had to learn and continue to relearn over the years. It's hard for me to muster the strength to clearly assert when violations occur that I'm not willing to be treated in this manner in the future. You know, Allie, I think it's it's always kind of a balancing act, but I will say that I started off in this profession as a single parent. And, you know, most of my career, it, it's just, I've I've been flying solo and it's made me prioritize things just a little differently out of necessity. So my schedule has always resolved around my kiddo, you know, center of our worlds, our yeah. kiddos. So if a client was late, they were late and that's it. And they knew my boundaries. Even when clients like with clients undressing in the room, um, which I hate because they're always like, oh, it doesn't bother me, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, yeah. I, it's just, there's no, there's no need for it. I, and I, I just say, no, I will step out. Then you can undress to your comfort level and please put your clothes on the chair in the freaking corner. You know, um, I don't think that, like, I think timing was really easy for me early on because I had, you know, a seven year old at home and I needed, I really needed to have my time honored. As far as like other boundary pushing issues, it has taken time for me to develop the confidence to be very clear right from the beginning. If that boundary was like, if the client came in and was clueless, even though I gave them, you know, a very thorough intake of what my expectations for them were. And, you know, we, we clarified what their expectations for me were. So it does take a little bit, you know, to kind of sometimes prepping <laughs> your conversation yeah, can be really yeah. helpful. <laughs> um, well, and I think, I think also like kind of practicing some of these boundaries, just saying them out loud is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do have a tendency to be a pretty direct person. Uh, it's recently come to my understanding that this might be one of my glaring faults but in these sorts of instances it really does seem to work in my favor it's not something I've really struggled with which is probably why I haven't had to fire too many clients although I think COVID is kind of redirecting what that looks like a little bit. Becca I wouldn't call it a fault though yeah I, I don't think that you I don't think you should go there I think it depends on the context <laughs> I have had friends go, can you just be nice to me? And I'm like, I'm not being mean. I'm Aww. just being direct. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> so, you know, we all have, we all have ways we can grow. <laughs> I am so excited to share our sponsor today. I was first introduced to Sacred Earth Botanicals when I was still in massage school. And I fell in love. The thick, lasting glide allowed me to achieve a greater depth than ever before. And from a small, ethical, environmentally friendly company, what could be better? Sacred Earth is one of the only USDA certified organic products on the market. Their oil, gel, salves, essential oils, fractionated coconut oil, and arnica oil all have the USDA logo. It's also hypoallergenic and does not contain nut oils, parabens, or fragrances, making it a great choice for those with allergies. My personal favorite, their cream. With an extremely high concentration of organic oils and extracts, a little goes a long way, saving you money. And clients love it. I often sell it to them for their own personal use as a hand cream. 
Sacred Earth is only sold through authorized dealers. Visit their website at sacredearthbotanicals.com to find a store near you. Another thing that I would love to see everyone get comfortable with is not reassuring your clients when they have bad behavior. I feel like it's really natural to try to reassure people, yet this isn't always serving us. So like when a client says, I'm sorry, I'm late, I don't want you guys to respond with, oh, it's okay, it happens. Instead, try, I understand it happens sometimes. Unfortunately, though, I won't be able to give you the full scheduled time. My feeling is your time is valuable and you need to value it so that others will value it too. I so agree. I'm I'm a time, like, I don't know what the word is for it, but maybe a time Nazi. Like, I, th- I think our time is so valuable. I definitely have an approach where I will hear a client, but because of my time Nazi-ish, I'm pretty direct. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I might even give them a sympathetic nod. Like, you know, yeah, you were stuck in traffic. Bummer, you know. But my response is always business. Like, there's no, there's no fuzzy lines. So... I usually will say, well, let's get started. We don't want to, we don't want to lose any more valuable massage time that lets them know right now. Like, yeah, let's get going. Bummer. Let's, let's keep it moving. Uh, or I'll state, Hey, it's nine 15. Like I'll hear them, get them on the table and I'll state it's nine 15 and we'll be ending at 10. So, you know, you'll have a 45 minute or whatever service. And it's, it's unemotional, but a direct communication of the facts And I feel like that takes some of the discomfort and, I don't know, kind of like hand-holding out of it or maybe, you know, overly sympathizing or we're kind of throwing our our firm boundaries right under the bus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, Allie, what are some examples you've experienced where you actually took steps to fire a client? Yeah, so sometimes as much as we try to nip things before they get bad, we do actually have to clearly communicate that we are no longer willing to work with a client. Yeah. So I have had clients who fall in love with me. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> um, yeah, this this one, this this was hard for me to resolve and took way too long. Wow. Um but, you know, that's something that I've experienced um, where I've had clients who refuse to wear masks. And for me, that's super easy. Yeah. Um, I've had clients who didn't respect my time mm. and I wasn't willing to continue working with them. Uh, growing up, my dad always would preach to accelerate the crisis. Mm. So this is something that I've tried to implement here. And basically, it's that if there is a crisis that's going to occur, instead of lamenting like we talked about in the beginning instead (laughs) get it over with quickly kind of like ripping off a band-aid as pleasant as the task at hand is the quicker we can move forward with it the sooner it will be over and this strategy is one that I used particularly with a client who didn't respect my time recently once I made the decision there was just no stalling I really like that yeah I think it's I think it's good it's hard but I mean I try to use this in a lot of areas of my life, you know, it's like, instead of wasting precious energy worrying about it, just get it over with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so some other tips that I have for firing clients. Uh, one, don't act from fear. 
The universe will support you when you honor your needs. And if you aren't taking care of your needs, nobody's gonna. Mm -hmm. Two, give yourself a moment to respond. This way your message doesn't get lost in anger and frustration. So like the example where I talked about earlier where the client wasn't respecting my time, I was pretty angry that day that I fired that client. (laughs) And so I, I... I did wait a little bit to respond because I, like I said, I was, I was extremely angry. And so I gave myself a moment that time. I still ripped, I still ripped off the bandaid. I still dealt with it that day, but I didn't respond to like the second that they told me they were not going to be respecting my time. Can you give me some details? Like, and, and our like listeners, some details, yeah. was it going on for a long time or was this client just like no, 45 minutes no. later? So, so, um, so it was a relatively new client. Um, so since COVID, I haven't been taking new clients unless they're referred to me. And so this client had been referred to me from a long time uh, regular. And so, you know, this was a factor that kind of played into it as well. It was like, you know, I was a little concerned about damaging my relationship with my longtime client. Yeah. Um, but this was the second time that the client wasn't respecting my time and they, they reached out to me. I have a 24 hour cancellation policy. And so they reached out to me in the morning this particular day and said they weren't going to be able to make their appointment. And like I said, they had done it like the week earlier. And so I said, okay, that's fine, but I do have a 24 hour cancellation policy. So you're still going to owe me for your session. And their response was, okay, well then I'm, I'm going to be there. Oh my goodness. I was goodness. like, okay, great. Great. I'll see you. <laughs> and then it was like, 45 minutes before their appointment, I think it was like 45 minutes before their appointment, and they said, oh, I'm not going to make it. And so it was like, you know, like they had just told me a few hours earlier that they understood my policy and that they were going to come. And so I said, okay, well, I think it's better that we discontinue this relationship. Yeah. what I pretty much said. Yeah, that's a pathological, you know, time abuser. (laughs) Yeah. And it was really interesting because like it was a very high end client. And like I said, he had this relationship with actually several of my, my clients. And I, you know, I was a little nervous about like, okay, how's this going to be perceived in this circle of people? But ultimately what I realized and came to was that this circle of people that had been coming to see me knew me and they knew my ethics and they knew my boundaries and they respected them. And they probably also knew the ethics and boundaries and actions and behaviors of their friend. And so, you know, if they, if, if I lost them as clients, okay. But my feeling was like, probably that they knew that this person was not respectful of time. Yeah. So, yep. That's where I landed. Hmm. I think we can all kind of sympathize with that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, it's different, too. And I think when you have clients who are this, like, higher income bracket where yeah, um, sometimes, sometimes it's, in my experience, sometimes it's a little bit harder to speak your truth because there is such a, like, discrepancy between my income bracket and theirs. <laughs> right, right. And then reputation as well. But, you know, I mean that's a whole nother ball of wax. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. So what other tips do you have? Um, so three I have without revealing your client's identity to practice what you're going to say with a trusted family or friend, or you can write it down. Yeah. That one, I, that one helps me a lot to be clear about what I want to say. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like that tip. Speaking of being clear, my, my fourth tip is to speak or write clearly. When we're, when we're vague, sometimes our clients miss the point altogether. So I think like <laughs> with that client who I told you that was in love with me, I think in the beginning I was really vague. Yeah. How will it be so hard not to be, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's a yeah. hard one. But, but that's like really sticky. Just like, ugh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like not, not good energy to be carrying around. So wait, did that client come out and was like, Allie Bame, I am so in love with you? Um, yeah. What really? <laughs> wow. I mean, there was, there, I mean, like I got like at one point I got like a text message at like 2.30 in the morning, like just like professing love to me. <gasps> oh, so maybe it was awkward like during treatments for a little while before and then it kind of escalated to the point where this two o'clock in the morning text happened. And I mean, that's just. Yeah. I mean, like there's a whole history with that one. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like. Like it was a friend before he became a client and, oh. you know, I mean, this is like, this is another example of like where these dual relationships sometimes don't work out. This <laughs> sounds like uh, another episode is what this sounds like. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm nosy. <laughs> no. So what, what other tips do we have? So fifth, fifthly, fifth, five. <laughs> um, it's okay if you feel sad. Yeah. Uh, as massage therapists, you know, we're empathetic beings and sometimes we just need to feel all the feels. I think it's normal to feel sad too, you know, like yeah, sad to lose that relationship or sad for the transit. Transition is always a little awkward. Right. For sure. And then lastly, my last tip is to trust your intuition. Yes, yes. Another thing I want to bring up is not to refer clients with bad behavior to other therapists. Respect the massage community around you and it'll respect you too. Yeah, so I I kind of disagree with this statement, I guess. I think it depends on the behave, behavior. For me personally, I will ask my network of LMTs if it's okay to refer a client before I actually refer them. And if they're troublesome, I'll let them know what issue I might be having with them. I think sometimes like different personalities don't always mesh. We're, we're not always a good match, you know, as a professional to client relationship. But sometimes you match them up with the right LMT and, you know, a lot can be achieved. For one, the LMT gets, you know, our our peer gets a client and the client gets the work that they need and maybe the boundaries enforced in a way that they can hear. So I, I will say that like certain behavior absolutely, absolutely deems a no referral attitude. But I think that in respecting the massage community, I don't know. I think that it's, I think that it's kind of case by case. And if you're, you know, if your peer, if your coworker, if your friend says no thanks to the referral, then no biggie. You know, you just kind of move on. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying for sure. <laughs> but I, I just, 
I just think, you know, if a client has clearly disrespected my boundaries, then I'm not going to send them to another practitioner. But yeah, I do agree that sometimes it's more about like not being the right energetic match for certain clients. And that's different. Yeah, I'm a time Nazi, like I already professed. And there are a lot of therapists that I know that like literally go 45 minutes over their set hour treatment, which I disagree with. Like, I, I hate that when that's done to me. Um, but yeah. certain clients that really works for it. And so if, you know, for me having really strict time, um, boundaries, it's important. But if there's a client who's like walking all over them, I'm like, guess what? You can go over to this person who's probably going to walk all over your time boundaries. Maybe it's going to be a match made in heaven. I don't know. But like, for, I don't know. For me, that one seems okay. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think, you know, getting back to what you were saying about a case by case basis, I think, yeah. you know, if, if something isn't egregious, then it's different. But, you know, if someone starts whacking off on your table. Yes, that would be very, very inappropriate. No referral kind of attitude, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, not quite sure why I used that example, but it's just like pretty like black and white. It's there. not extreme or anything. No, I know. I'm like going for the like jugular with that one. Um, don't refer. If that is the don't case. Don't refer. Okay. Got it. Don't send them to your friend. Check. Or your check. enemy. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. When you start to cut out clients who abuse your time and energy, you make room for those who respect and appreciate all you have to offer. You make room for increased growth and abundance. Your time and energy are no longer drained from negative interactions. Yes, I love this, Allie. And I love you. I I think <laughs> I think after this episode, like shit, we got this. We got this massage therapist. Your time and energy are important. Yeah? Yeah. All right. High five. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, We wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.